3: Welcome to the world of Mr. Black. I am he. You are you, and the time is now for Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, and today, you know what? I, I got a little Ronald, Ronald Reagan esque in me. You know, uh, today I couldn't call today's Show. Pull up a chair. Uh, let me tell you what I mean. You know, I do intensive leadership training. My uh, my forte is leadership training. Uh, it's the most powerful two and a half days you've you listen to this radio show at all, you've listened to people on Tuesday who just went through my show, yesterday who just went through my show, I mean through, went through my training. Uh, Tomorrow show will be people who've been through my training. And part of what my training is very intense, has a lot of ups and downs. Uh, we're always moving, always doing. And then a couple times throughout the training, the team will see me pull up a chair. You know, I set the team in a horseshoe. Uh, Half moon if you will and then I'll pull up my chair whenever they see me pulled up my chair I'll turn it around so the the back of the chair is in front of me and I'll sit down and I'll just we'll talk And today I really want to do that just talk, you know, I got so much going on I mean this last weekend. We uh, had a phenomenal class Uh, We took 11 gentlemen uh, that were team members and I had two female staff So there's 14 of us Uh, and we changed lives we changed lives. We brought uh, someone into the kingdom of God. We brought about uh, eight, nine other men a lot closer to, to their God. Uh, we had a, a guy, I don't know if he's a rocket scientist, he used to work for NASA, but uh, brought him to a new hope, a new beginning. And so uh, a lot's going on. And, uh, you know, it, it over 48 hours, when you can change people's lives, when you can change their eternal destination... Uh, that's big. That's overwhelming. Amen. Uh, and so uh, you can read about that, by the way, at likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net. But also I had a lot of people call in as well uh, and reach out to me because, uh, true story, true story, I uh, we rented a car to drive to Arkansas and uh, because my Jeep is getting old and I got a, you know, I had 150,000 miles on it and and so uh, we rent a car, so we come back on Sunday, had a great class, safe drive. Uh, Monday, we had to return the car at 1 o'clock. So uh, I'm taking the rental car in, and while I'm on the phone, I'm, I'm talking to Mike Rhodes. He's the CEO of Ecotent. Actually, tomorrow, you'll listen to his radio show, he'll be joining us tomorrow. Uh, and uh, we were talking about one of his employees. So he sent me about 8, 10 employees this year, and He's bringing me to Vegas to do a private class for him up there, and so we are talking about how we led his uh, one of his employees to Christ and how man God was so active and uh and we're we're'm we're, we're laughing talking about shaking the gates of hell and you know uh, uh even though uh the church has uh gotten weak and impotent even though the church has uh kind of forgotten our soul, forgotten who we are. Uh, You know, there are some of us out there doing great things. So we're talking about this, all the great things we're doing for God, for the kingdom of God and all that. Uh, And so I forget, you know, where I'm driving as I'm talking to Mike. And I actually go to where my wife was supposed to pick me up, which is a totally different place where you have to drop off the car. And so as uh, I am realize, oh, my gosh, I went to the wrong place. I'm so busy talking to Mike. And so it was just a, a you know a mile away. So I just turned around and went this, and it was weird. As I was coming out of that, I saw um, a, a fire truck go by because uh, it's all right there at DFW Airport. No big deal. So I get to the rental car place, drop it off. I walk down the stairway, come out the door, front door where I had driven up to about 15 minutes earlier. Uh, and where my wife was going to be picking me up. So as I'm walking outside the building, I text her, say, I'm coming outside the building right now. Uh, I'll, be, uh, I'll be, walk out to you. And then uh, I was out there for about a minute, didn't see her, and said, okay, I, I'm not sure where you are. I'm outside now. And then I get this picture. And the picture uh, is uh, from a stretcher, an ambulance stretcher, and I could see feet And I could see the shoes on those feet and see that it was my wife's feet. And beyond my wife's feet was my black Jeep. But what was interesting about my black Jeep was it was upside down, smashed in, uh, total. You could tell that that Jeep wasn't going anywhere. Uh, And the whole window and windshield was smushed in. There was no top anymore. It was like it was compacted. And my wife was 30 seconds away from picking me up, stopped at a stop sign. She started going. And so it was a few minutes after she was going, or a few seconds after she was going, she was already into the green. So she was up to 20, 25. And I guess the guy wasn't paying attention. And full bore slammed into her without stopping, without slowing down. So must have been going probably 45, 50. And uh, hit her so hard that it turned it upside down, smashed it. And she actually had to unbuckle her seatbelt, fell from the seat to the ground, uh, and had to crawl out. She couldn't get out the front uh, area. It was all smashed in. So she'd crawl out the back door. Uh, Vehicles totaled. Uh, If my son was in the car, which he normally would have been, but the only exception was that my mother-in-law, her mom, was in town and stayed an extra couple of days to spend time with us because she always comes up when we train the class. And so, number one, if my son would have been in that car, he'd be dead. Uh, the car seat was propelled out of there, uh, and he hit right at the passenger's back door uh, on the pastor side, which is where the car seat is. And all that to say, here I am bragging about shaking the gates of hell uh, and doing great things for God. And as I'm having that conversation, it's like one of those movies where you have a split screen, where you see two different events going on simultaneously. That's what was going on. As I'm bragging about what we're doing for the kingdom of God, as I'm bragging about uh, that, you know, we're confronting the devil and setting the captives free, uh, he sends a vehicle, a full bore, into my wife to take her out. Just stunning. And, you know, it's been an emotional week uh, anytime after a class because we're dealing with people's stuff. The way I help people is I actually walk in their stuff. Remember, I talk about this. There are three perceptual positions. There's only three ways to see any situation. Uh, they're called first, second, third position. First position is self from your own eyes. It's by default. We live there. Uh, so, But the problem is if you stay there, you don't ever go outside of first position uh, it's ego. It's uh, you're right. Everybody else is wrong. You can only see things from your perspective. Second position is what we call other. That's the ability to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. That's the ability to actually step into their map of reality. You don't have to agree with it. Don't have to like it. But you step into their map of reality, and you see the in- situation from their eyes. And then you can't get stuck there, by the way, either. you got to step in and out of that. The reason you, if you get stuck there, you're a sucker, that means everybody else's opinion is right and yours is wrong. Whoops. Third position is what we call overview. That's kind of what some people do after an event. They look back at something and they kind of watch the interaction like they're watching a DVD or a movie or live streaming. They see themselves as other people interacting. But it's, uh, it's called overview. It's dissociated. It's without the, without the emotional involvement. And that's third position. Now, again, you can't get stuck there because if you do, then you're dissociated then you're not emotionally involved and we live in a world of emotionally uninvolved people. And so you got to go in and out of first, second, third position, spend a majority of your time in first position, I don't know, 40, 50, 60% and then you pop into second position probably I'd say probably 25, 30% and then you pop into overview, you know, 15% as you look back and reflect back. The reason I say this is because when I train I actually go into second position. When I am dealing with someone's trauma, someone's drama, I actually walk in their shoes. I actually step into it, I actually put it on so that I can help them, uh, I can understand what they're going through. Because if I can understand you a little bit better, then it gives me the ability to help you. And so all that to say, when I go through these classes and I walk through 12 people's stuff, the ups and downs, push them, challenge them, deal with them on the spiritual level, on the trauma level, I am fried. It's like uh, Ghostbusters with was, was, uh, Slimer. You know, when he'd run right through you and people get slimed. So this week, I feeling a little bit slimed, ladies and gentlemen. A little Sam Kittison on me. So today, on Like It Matters Radio, we're going to just have a fireside chat. We're going to pull up a chair and we're going to talk. And we'll be right back to have that talk.
2: Whoa, look at all
0: these options. You could fill an entire warehouse with all the different ways you can stream Freedom 1570. Top shelf choices include freedom1570.com, our free app at radio.com. Do
2: you have sunken concrete around your home, leaving you with trip hazards or causing water to run back to your foundation? Hi, I'm John Lamore, owner of Expert Concrete Raising. We raise settled concrete using a high-density polyurethane foam, which is a more permanent solution than mudjacking. Polyurethane foam cannot be washed away, and it doesn't shrink or deteriorate over time. If it's concrete, we can raise it. Get it done right the first time. For a free estimate, contact a second-generation concrete raising business at ExpertConcreteRaising.com.
0: Salem Surround partners with your business to deliver custom digital marketing solutions. Surround your target audience wherever they engage, search, surf, socialize, or review to keep your business top of mind.
2: Learn more at minneapolis.salemsurround.com. Take a listen to this comparison of other training to Leadership Awakening.
0: For probably two-thirds of my Carl Sandburg said I see America not in the setting sun of a black night of despair I see America in the crimson light of a rising sun Fresh from the burning creative hand of God
3: Amen I am black and we are back Buck talking about Reagan We're having a little fireside chat today Kind of slowing things down You know I'm, I'm used to going 100 miles an hour Uh if you've ever been to my training, you know we don't get into things, we don't warm up, we're into things. And so uh, I'm a little fried today. I'm a little overwhelmed emotionally, uh, physically, probably biochemically. And so, uh, you know, I'm going to pull a Simone Biles and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just slow it down for a moment, slow it down. And there's so much going on. You know, we had a phenomenal class with Team 225. Lives were changed. You know, we get we become creatures of habit. You know, we do things because we've always done them that way before. You know, it reminds me of the roast beef story. You know, a mother was teaching her daughter to make a roast beef one day when her daughter asked, Mom, why do you cut off the ends of the roast beef? The mother wasn't quite sure how to respond, but thought back to what her mother used to do, which is where she learned how to cook it in the first place. So not knowing the real reason... Why her mother would, quote, cut off the ends of the roast beef, she decided to call her mother, which was the daughter's grandmother, of course. Hey, Mom, remember when you used to make the roast beef that you taught me how to make when I was a kid, and you always cut the ends off? She asked you, so why did you cut the ends off? Is it to make it more tender? Uh, Is it so it cooks better? Uh, And the mother's mom, I mean, the woman's mother responded, I'm not sure See, that's how your grandmother, that's how my mother always taught me to do it. And see, this is where the story turns a little bit magical because luckily the grandmother's mother was still alive and she was able to call her to find out the question. The three of them had been wanting to get answered. So when grandma's mother answered the phone, grandma asked mom, why did you cut the ends off the roast beef when you taught me how to make roast beef? And then the lady responded so simple. Well, because back then, the ovens were so much smaller, and so were the pans. So if we didn't cut them off, it wouldn't fit. And you know, I've heard the story in a way, it's a therapeutic story as well, with a woman who was cut, uh, cooking a ham. And why did mom cut off the end of the ham bone, right? But it's interesting because either way, whatever the story is, you have three generations of people who were doing what they were taught to do. You know, three generations of people were learning to cut the ends off the roast because that's how it was done in the past. And none of them ever questioned why that was done, even though the reason for cutting, cutting it, think about it, had become obsolete. The same methods was still being perpetuated simply because they thought that this is the way you do things. And ladies and gentlemen, we are creatures of habit. The reason we're doing something today is because we've done it before. And that's much like how every single human being operates. So we might have had a reason for what we did in the past. It served a purpose to, quote, cut the ends off. But after that, those methods become actually wasteful. They don't apply today. And so we must truly examine what we do in this world, how we make decisions, how things seem like they're on autopilot all the time. You may quickly notice that everything we do is based on repeating things we've done in the past without questioning whether or not it could be done differently. You would be shocked, totally shocked, to find out how many mainstream common beliefs are completely false when you look into them. Things we learn in school about science, evolution, technology, our environment, health, etc. We simply perpetuate beliefs and theories that we're afraid to update. You know, the biggest threat to to Joe Biden, he says, is white evangelicals. Now, why why should that shock you? Because who are the founding fathers? Who are the founding people of this country? Let's be honest. White evangelicals. So the people who created this country, the people who wrote the document that sustains this country, those founding fathers, now today are the greatest threat to their founding. Uh, And and the question has to be, so why aren't our brothers and sisters in Christ, who have brown skin, who have black skin, why aren't they a threat to a government that is anti-Christ? To a government who hates their God, to a government who mocks their beliefs, to a government that pushes abortions on demand, who pushes um, acceptance of all lifestyles, who pushes that the Bibles uh, hate speech, who pushes that what God says is true, whether it be about homosexuality, about family, whatever, is hate speech, is not true. So how? How? Do they vote? How do 90% of black people vote for a party that a lot of black people disagree with vehemently on so many things? Because they've been conditioned that black people have to vote for Democrats. And and this is just stunning. This is going on all around us. See, we see something and we just assume it's the truth. Let me share with one of my favorite quotes. I end my graduation with this quote, have for over 20 years. It says, our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small doesn't serve this world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We're born to make manifest the glory of God that's within us. It's not just in some of us, but it's in each and every one of us. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Now, there's a reason I'm telling you this. Because I've ended that graduation speech, uh, my graduation speech, with this quote, Easily twenty, maybe twenty-five years, and see, I was told when I found this quote and that it was by Nelson Mandela, and here's the first black president of South Africa who spent decades in prison. And I did this beautiful write-up at the end of graduation about the power of one and whether you liked his politics or agreed with his politics or not. I mean, I'm I have the gift of curriculum. And so beautiful way to end graduation. People loved it. So when I was writing my first book, uh, geez, I don't know, 15 years ago, I don't know what it was. It's been a long, long time, called Becoming Your Dreams, Want It, Create, Live It. It's basically almost in written form what my training is, but you can't take my training and put it in written form. So it's, it's the closest thing you could ever get. And so I have Bruce Eichelberger. still remember Bruce. Was my, Bruce was my taskmaster. So we're coming near the end of the 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 book is getting ready to go to the the publisher or the printer to get printed and Bruce calls me up he says black I said yeah he says uh we have a problem uh, I said what's the problem he goes um you know that quote that you end graduation with yeah uh, and you talk about Nelson Mandela and all that you made a big part of your graduation speech yeah what about it He said uh Nelson Mandela had nothing to do with it <gasps> Uh, he didn't write it. Uh, he didn't share it at his uh, uh, inauguration. And, and we went back and forth for probably about 10, 15 minutes. And I kept saying, yeah. And I would seen this many times. I told him, I got this out of Reader's Digest. I mean, that's where I got it from. And we went back and forth. And it got a little bit heated. And he said, Black, you pay me good money. I know what I'm talking about. We got to make sure we give everybody credit properly And Nelson Mandela had nothing to do with it. It was this woman by the name of Marianne Williamson who wrote this thing. And so, okay. So I said, okay, if that's what it is, then go ahead and change it up. And I'm going to have to do something different for graduation. So it was probably a couple days later, maybe a week later, uh, I was going to my dentist and uh, it, my dentist's office was one of those where the chairs recline back. And then you look at the ceiling, you know, there's posters and all that. Something to to occupy your visual field so you're not thinking about what's going on in your mouth. And, and as God is my witness, I'm looking up at this quote. And who do you think gets credit for the quote? It says Nelson Mandela. Whoops. The first black president of South Africa. So I figured, you know, everybody wants to know the truth, Right. I mean, there's a presupposition, right? We presuppose that everybody wants to know the truth. So, my doctor comes in, and uh, my dentist, and oh, man, I'm looking at this picture. He asked me how you doing, all that. I'm looking at this picture, and he said it's making me laugh. He goes, "What's so funny?" So I proceed to tell him the story, and uh, I honestly, no kidding, I start getting into almost an argument with my dentist about that quote. I guess he takes a lot of pride in what he puts up and all that. And so, um, the, one of the very last things that I figure, you know what? I'm getting my dentist mad at me. Uh, and he's going to get ready to drill in my mouth. Look. How stupid am I? Yeah. And so what I did, I was going to let it go, whatever, let him believe what he wants to believe. I, I, I was just told this. I believe it because Bruce knows what he's talking about. And one of the last things my dentist said was black. I got it out of Reader's Digest. Okay. And at that moment, I'm thinking, wow, when did Reader's Digest become the purveyor of all truth? And what that told me was, ladies and gentlemen, there's a lot of things that the world is selling off out there as the truth, but they are bold-faced lies. And this is why you must know the truth. And the truth is not easily to find. I talk about all the time belief systems that people have about history, about inventors, about who quoted that are absolutely wrong. This is the key. You must have a a standard of truth because the only way you know what a lie is is to compare it to the truth. And most people today don't have a standard of truth because we no longer follow the God of the Bible. We no longer read the Bible, study the Bible. So we make up our truth. We make our truth whatever a party that we follow wants to tell us. And so today I'm telling you, the truth will set you free. But as you're going to find out, sometimes they'll make you a little miserable. And today on Like It Matters Radio, we're talking about pulling up a chair because we're just talking about the realities of life. I am Black. We'll be right back. Right on.
1: We are all in the construction business, constructing memories, relationships, new ideas, and a legacy that will outlive us. Life is best imagined as a construction project. Hey, can we get that on?
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, inspiration, education, and application. Yeah, I had someone text me. Yeah, you can go to our website, likeitmatters.net, likeitmatters.net, our leadership training with all the hopelessness and helplessness, with all the bitterness, with all the great. Man, get your butt in my class. 48 hours will change your life. I promise you, I'll teach you how you work. Uh, If you go to likeitmatters.net, you can check out the schedule Our next class is uh, August 19th in Dallas, Fort Worth. And then we have a September 2nd. And then we're going to be hitting the road. Uh, I've uh, got a call to go out to Vegas, do a a private class. i got a call to go back to Arkansas because we changed these men's life. Now they want their wives to go through. Uh, I'll also, uh, North Carolina, I'm working on a North Carolina class date. Uh, We're going to Boise, Idaho at the end of October uh, I was planning on coming out to Minneapolis again at the end of uh, September, first week of October, but I think I'm probably going to have to reschedule that. I don't know what your liberal mayor is going to do. They're getting ready to lock down stuff again. I don't know if I can take a chance. So uh, either way, wherever you got to go to get to this class, it'll be the best thing you've ever done. It'll change right your life. So go to likeitmatters.net. So we're talking a little bit. So I got to tell you a story about my little boy, Benai. You know, I have uh, four kids. Uh, I'm not from one wife, unfortunately. I'm not the man, husband of one wife. Uh, my oldest, I have four kids. My oldest daughter's Faith. She's my only daughter. She was my firstborn. Uh, and then my son, Christian, just turned uh, 22. I have a, a son who lives with his mother, uh, Banaya I'm sorry, <laughs> Banaya Major. Uh, and he's 15. Uh, and then I have a son that lives at home still, uh, Banaya And he's a six and a half. And he's six and a half going on 16. So he's, uh, uh, he thinks he's all that, but he thinks he's the goat, right? Simone thinks he's the goat, and LeBron thinks he's the goat, and Michael thinks he's the goat. Everybody's a goat. It's interesting. The greatest of all time. You know, it's funny because uh, God says he's going to separate the sheep and the goats. He'll put the sheep on the right side, which is where you want to be, and the goats on the left side, no which thing. is where you do not want to be. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that God says I, the ones I'm going to keep are on the right? And the ones I'm gonna get rid of on the left. Take whatever meaning you want. But so uh last week my wife, you know, usually puts him to bed and all that. So last week, uh she had a game night with friends and we were running late. So she asked me to put my son to bed. And uh gotta be honest with you people. Uh, I, I go at four in the morning and I'm going till all day and helping people. And, and, uh, I was tired at first. I wasn't too pleased, but then God got my attention said, black, stop it. You know, he's your son. Love it. And all that. So I did put him in bed and I prayed with him. So I kneeled down let's pray together. So we did a short little prayer. Uh, and then, uh, we stopped praying and I laid him down in bed and then I sat in there for a while, but I got down on my knees at the end of his bed, closed my eyes while he was watching some TV and I continued my prayer. After a minute or two, I felt a presence of someone beside me. And so I opened my eyes and looked beside me, and there was Benaiah, my son, in the same position as me, on his knees, kneeling on his bed. Uh, and I said, what are you doing? He goes, I just wanted to, I wanted to do like you do, Daddy. And then he says to me, I'm ready to be a warrior for God. I said, are you ready to accept God in your life? He goes, yep. I'm ready to follow up to God, and he said something that touched my heart. He says, I want to know God like you know God, Daddy. Amen. I get a little emotional. He said, I want to – he hears me talk on the phone. I'm counseling. I'm coaching uh, people who are suicidal, people ready to take their life. And he hears me. I, he, I let him around. We had a small house. Uh, and he says, Daddy, I want to be able to talk to people about God like you talk to people about God. It touched my heart, and then, uh, so I, you know, uh, talked to him and led him into the kingdom of Christ, and and then he wants to get baptized, He's ready to get baptized, ready to get baptized. So, uh, I was in uh, Arkansas last week, in my church, uh, Hope Works, in downtown Fort Worth, by the way, you should come and join us on Sundays, 9.30, I'm sorry, 9 o'clock or 10.30, great church is in downtown Fort Worth called Hope Works, and so they were doing baptizing uh, last weekend. So... I had told my my son, hey, they're getting ready to baptize people in a couple weeks. You can get baptized and I'll get baptized again with you because I've committed my life fully to God over the last couple years where I never really did that before. So I'm going to get baptized with you. And so then I found out that when I was out of town, that's when the baptism was. So last night we're at church, Wednesday night church doing Bible study. Uh, and um uh pastor talks to Benaya. says i 'm ready to be a warrior for god and he says i i'm i'm going to baptize myself I go, buddy, you can 't baptize yourself. I go, pastor will baptize you and I said, i 'm going to be baptized too uh it's so well we baptize together it'll be a neat thing, and so we 're talking about that, and then right before Bible study and all that, we always do worship, so uh you know, I'm one of those guys that lifts his hands in the air. I get in the moment so kinesthetic. So when I feel the presence of God, I just like become like an antenna. I stick my hands up and I just sway to the music. I cry out to God. I just, I'm in the moment. It's like I'm in the throne room. And so I'm doing this. You know, we're singing two songs before we do that. My son's sitting at the table while we're doing this. And so all of a sudden with my eyes closed, my hands up, I'm swaying side to side. I feel something bump me. And again, I look down. And here is this little man, this little six-year-old man who's got his arms up in the air, who's got his eyes closed, and he is worshiping the God of the Bible. And it it touched me so much. I couldn't stop smiling. I was glowing. From the inside out. And my wife goes, Oh my gosh, why don't you take a picture? I go, honey, we're worshiping. We're worshiping. <laughs> Stop and take a picture. But I got so overwhelmed. And it reminded me of something, a truth that some people never want to hear. That the typical human being speaks 120 to 150 words per minute. If you know me, I can get to 180. <laughs> I can get to 180. I can talk fast. So I want you to think about it. You've heard the saying before, a picture's worth a thousand words. A thousand words. It's a lot of words. But I'm pretty good at math. So depending on 120, 150, maybe 180, one picture, a thousand words, is the equivalent of six to eight minutes of nonstop dialogue. And I always say this, that what we're doing speaks so loudly that people don't need to hear a word we're saying. People, those of you that call yourself children of God, you identify as a Christian, Your sermon that you're delivering through your mouth is nothing compared to the sermon that you're delivering with your life. Because most people aren't listening to a thing you're saying. They're watching what you're doing. And so that's where I came up with the saying that what you're doing is speaking so loudly that people don't need to hear a word that you're saying. And it reminded me of a saying I heard a long time ago. It's called, When You Thought I Wasn't Looking. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you hang my first painting on the refrigerator, and I immediately wanted to paint another one. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you feed a stray cat, and I learned that it was good to be kind to animals. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make my favorite cake for me, and I learned that the little things can be the special things in life. When you thought I wasn't looking, I heard you say a prayer, and I knew that there's a God I could always talk to. And I learned to trust in that God. When, I thought, when you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you make a meal and take it to a friend who was sick. And I learned that we all have to help take care of each other. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you give of your time and money to help people who had nothing. And I learned that those who have something should give to those who don't. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw you take care of our house and everyone in it. And I learned we have to take care of what we have and what we've been given to be a good steward. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw how you handled your responsibilities, even when you didn't feel good. And I learned that I would have to be responsible when I grew up. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw tears come from your eyes. And I learned that sometimes things hurt, but it's okay to cry. When you thought I wasn't looking, I saw that you cared. And I wanted to be everything that I could be. When he thought I wasn't looking, I learned most of the lessons that I need to be a good and productive person. When I grow up, I looked at you and I wanted to say thanks for all the things I saw when he thought I wasn't looking. And yeah, I'm emotional. Yeah, you ever feel like life's a dog eat dog world, and you're wearing milk bone underwear? Well, gentlemen and ladies, that's where I'm at. I'm overwhelmed. I got a hundred black children in Uganda and three young men who are starving to death, who can't use a bathroom because there's the toilet's bad, who'd have no water, and I'm on social media begging for people to help me support these hundred young. Children in Uganda, but people are too busy buying their second home and going on the third vacation and funding their 401k plan for something they're not going to be around to cash in. That we pour ourselves out, and people appreciate it until they move on to the next things. That we do this radio show to help other people, and we find a hard time getting people even comment or support us. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I do get emotional. I teach emotional intelligence and guess what I'm a human being and we're all human. Simone Biles is human we're all human we all have good days and bad days and on the bad days we learn to pick ourselves up dust ourselves off and hit it again that's what leadership's about it gives other people permission to do the same thing I am black we'll be right back who
2: will never know the thing that we You and me If we all our hands together,
0: we could make this
3: world a world better place to be This is Scott Black of Like It Matters. As many of you know, I have been helping people to be the best they were created to be. COVID-19 has accelerated changes that I have been considering for some time now. please consider becoming a monthly partner at likeitmatters.net. Give today at likeitmatters.net. And by the way, Like It Matters Leadership Awakening classes will continue. Check out the schedule at likeitmatters.net as we build our training for those suffering from the challenges of poor mental health. God bless you. Cool voiceover. Zany Santa Fe.
0: Okay, we were going to write a flashy promo about streaming us on radio.com. But considering how easy it is to do, we'll just keep it simple, too. Listen to Freedom 1570 on the Radio.com app. If you could build the
1: world's greatest radio station, where would you start? We'd begin by creating a live station that's able to provide breaking news updates. Then we'd install some of today's top political voices behind the mic. Finally, we'd craft a convenient way to listen with a specialized mobile app. No, it's not a work in progress. It's on the air now. AM 1280 The Patriot, Intelligent Radio, online at am1280thepatriot.com. The right to the
0: people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. BearingArms.com covers Second Amendment issues, self-defense, the latest gear, and more.
2: That's BearingArms.com. that's like matters dot net. Have a point.
3: Welcome back to Like It Matters Radio. Radio, Like It Matters, living life like it matters, and speaking about living life like it matters. Hey, our, our podcast dropped today, so. Uh, We have a bi weekly podcast. It's uh, every Monday and Thursday, bi weekly. Monday is Storytime with Mr. Black, where I tell a story, put on some mood music, have a little fire lit, and uh, smoke on a cigar. And John and I just talk about the meaning of life. Not really. We actually just do a share a story with some music, and then I tie in a moral of the story. It's a good piece, uh, short but powerful to motivate you, to get you a motive. And then on Thursdays, we have a full episode, kind of like what you would hear on Like It Matters Radio. Uh, and so today's drops, and we go into the greater details on the fingerprints. So wherever you listen to podcasts, please share it, listen to it, share with at least five people, download it, like it, make comments, please. We need your help. Man, all these cheesy things that are stupid, that are silly, that have no value, we, millions of people are listening to them. But here we are, we're doing stuff out there to give people food, food that makes them better, food that makes them better than they were today, today than yesterday, better tomorrow than today. And so much out there is making people bitter. And you wonder why? Because people are supporting the bitter, but not helping the better. If we would just support the better and get rid of the bitter, it would be a much better batter. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting a little playful here, right? (laughs) So. What? In the end days. 2 Timothy 3 2 says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy. Sounds like our White House, doesn't it? Right? So 2 Timothy 3 2. And by the way, You should hear some of these words. So let me go a little further. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient parents, unthankful, unholy. And then it goes on in verses four and five. Listen, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. And this is the great one. Verse five having a form of godliness but, not, but denying the power of. From such, turn away. Remember, Joe Biden is the most decent man who's ever walked the planet. Joe Biden's the most religious man who ever, abortion on demand, thinks God's a moron, that he can't get people's sex right, and thinks the biggest threat uh, to America is white Christians and that the Bible is hate speech, and he bans Jesus Christ's name. Supposedly a God he worships from even the public square. But that's the most religious man who's ever walked this planet. You see the lies? Now how about Matthew 24? And then many, verse 10 through 12. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. Again, something like our White House. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. I don't know all the exact details, but let me tell you this. In Minnesota, or Minneapolis area, and you'll be reading about it if you haven't read about it, a woman who had a restraining order, spousal abuse or or, or male abuse, uh, was you know working to get her life back together, looking to go for move beyond this guy. This guy hunted her down, killed her, beheaded her in the streets. A woman in her windows filming it, and posted on social media, beheads this woman who's wanting just to live her life and get away from abuse. And, of course, you know, we're attacking cops and downplaying cops, and cops don't matter. Well, I bet you that woman would have really loved... If we weren't defunding the police, I wish that woman were really loved if cops aren't afraid to go outside without being killed and gunned down by some Black Lives Matter or Antifa or some liberal progressive. All those people that voted Joe Biden in the White House. And by the way, I covered it yesterday on the show. The reason is clear. Look it up that Joe Biden won is because people who don't like God, who don't believe in God, who hate God came out in droves for Joe Biden. Read it. Google the article. The reason Joe Biden's in the White House, I think it was fraud, but the reason is because those who don't believe in God by 12% more than voted for Hillary, because they always vote Democrat, brought him in the White House. Because evangelical Christians, yeah. There's no maybe there. There's no maybe. That's the problem. But this what's going on. How about this one? Pennsylvania man arrested in string of hit-and-runs that left one woman dead and others injured. And by the way, whenever I've learned this, because the narrative out in the world is that black people are oppressed and white people are oppressors. That's why you want to talk about something you will never hear. It's called black privilege. Uh, Jason Whitlock wrote about it. In the NFL, there's this player who has 10 criminal complaints by women who he says raped them, that he raped them. And 10, but Roger Goodell won't do anything because of black privilege. Uh, people are afraid to do anything to a black person anymore because they're going to be called racist or whatever. We're lowering the bar so much for people of color. Look at all these stores in San Francisco. I saw it. four black ladies loaded up bags. I mean loaded up bags, three and four bags of stuff, and then ran out of CVS. I'm seeing it over and over Or people of color. Uh, they don't have to pay for stuff anymore. They can just walk out of stuff. They Bye. can just walk up to a random white guy and punch him in the face. Uh, they can go up to Asians they don't like or, or other people they don't like, and, and you, there's nothing said about it. And so whenever you learn this, whenever you don't hear anything about race, you know it doesn't fit the narrative. So I can see this guy, Kareem Welton, black guy, but we don't know the race of the people he did this to. I would suggest they're most likely white. That's why you don't know the race, because black people attacking white people now is a big thing that nobody's talking about. So a Philadelphia-area man who authorities say intentionally targeted multiple people in a string of hit-and-runs that left one woman dead and others injured was arrested on Wednesday morning. Around 6 a.m., 40-year-old Kareem Welton allegedly stole a gray Nissan Altima and crossed in the oncoming lane of traffic to intentionally hit a 38-year-old man who was out on a morning run in Collegeville. Of course, we don't know this man's race, but I can almost guarantee it's white. The victim was life-flighted to a local hospital to be treated for multiple severe injuries, including a broken spine, fractured ribs, and a broken leg. He's expected to survive. After allegedly hitting the runner, Welton pulled the stolen car into a nearby gas station and abandoned it. He then tried to steal a bicycle, but was confronted by the owner and apprehended by police. The defendant was not only driving recklessly at a high rate of speed, but he intentionally targeted the runner and hit him, attempting to kill him. About four hours before hitting the runner, listen, about four hours earlier, Welton allegedly stole a Chevy Malibu and hit a couple on a motorcycle in Philadelphia, but they were not seriously injured. He fled the scene and eventually drove onto a sidewalk on South 15th Street, allegedly striking a 32-year-old woman, again, we don't know skin color, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, who was walking home from work, according to the local news outlet. After hitting the woman once, He allegedly doubled back and struck the woman again before he was scared off by witnesses at the scene. The woman died at a local hospital shortly before 5 a.m. And how about this one? Former cop. Violent crime is exploding in America. And you can thank progressives who care more about protecting criminals. Ladies and gentlemen, I told you, for whatever reason... God's connected me to three young men in Uganda. Uh, these are young men who are wanting to provide for, there's a lot of abandoned kids in Africa. And so these all have three orphanages. I don't know how I got them. God brought them into my life over the last year. Uh, we've been supporting them financially, upwards of 1500 bucks a month for these three groups uh, and, um, we don't have a lot. And so these people are starving. I mean, they have no food. Uh, now one of my, uh, um, one of my orphanages, uh, the health department came in and shut down their toilet. So they don't have any place to go to the bathroom anymore. They have no good water. They're, they're dying from, uh, intestinal diseases. So, I mean, I, I hear from these guys every day. We need food. Uh, we need to get some water and I cry out and reach out to other people to help us. And no one's willing. But, boy, I see pictures of people in their boats and their vacation homes and their third home and all this and that. You know, that's what God says. In the end, many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold. Ladies and gentlemen, what happens in my training is I reengage the heart. I reengage the heart. People shut off their heart a long time. Well, they're hurting, they're broken, they're bitter. Hurting people hurt people. And what I do is I re-engage the heart. I help people resuscitate the heart. And then we go in the head and we start cleaning up some of our stinking thinking. We are so, we are fixing things. We are making a difference. That's why I do likeitmatters.net leadership training. Help us help people. We can change this we got to have compassion in people. we got to step in other people's shoes. we got to walk a mile in someone else's moccasins. Our families are dying. Our children are struggling. Government's becoming big brother. Uh, state-run media. We've got deep state. We're becoming no different than China and Russia. We're banning God. We're banning the Bible. Come on, people. We need to do something about it. Help us Like It Matters. Help us make a difference. If not you, then who? If not now, then when? You are under construction on the Like It Matters Radio Network. I am Mr. Black, helping you become more hopeful about your future, reminding you when you live your life like it matters. It does.
0: We finished the race. We kept them free. We kept the faith. Thank you very much. God bless you, and God bless America. Hi, this is Tim O. from the Kingdom Builders. You know, as I travel around the metro and surrounding area, I really enjoy meeting with you out there and hearing your stories how many of you met, hearing about your family, sometimes your kids and your grandkids, and even some of the four-legged members of your family. It got me thinking about our faith family, us followers of Jesus. Have you ever considered the fact that as believers who have accepted Christ's payment on the cross for our sins, we have been adopted into his royal family? Royalty? Personally, that's kind of tough for me to grasp. But in 1 Peter 2, verse 9, the Apostle Peter wrote, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood called out of darkness into his light. We are God's own special people because we belong to him. This should positively affect how we live and how we love, not only those in our own family, but anybody we encounter. I hope this encourages you, and if so, feel free to email me at timo@kingdombuilders.com at or give us a call at 612-900-9166. Ringing Liberty and